Good afternoon, Matt. How are you? Hey, Johnny. As always, I'm doing fine. <laughs> How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Weather's good. It's a little cooler. This is the first week that I'm bringing, uh, I'm not going to wear a t-shirt to record with you. Oh, yeah. I have a hoodie on because it's getting cooler and uh, it's definitely getting into fall. The leaves are changing colors. Some people like it the most right now because in Canada, as you know, we have a lot of maple trees and it turns into red and orange and gold and it's really pretty. Yeah, absolutely. I watch a YouTube channel of a person who's not in Canada, but is in the northeast of the United States. And he does these beautiful cinematic videos of seasons changing and the red leaves and the orange and red palettes of the area that he lives in. It's very, very interesting. But it's also what's always interesting to me is how our seasons kind of change in the opposite directions so while you are putting on hoodies i'm starting to take off the hoodies and there's like this period of time where there's like this distinct overlap (laughs) of us changing that's that period of time now i've worn t-shirts every day this week except for today today was unusually cold for some reason but the spring and the flowers are starting to come out and the grass is getting green again and it's one of my favorite times of year, for sure. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to go back to that already. So I just want to <laughs> hit the fast forward button to uh, six months from now to see the flower buds coming out and the leaves starting to come back. Yeah. They're still not gone, but yeah, I'm kind of already uh, not really into fall. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I for me personally, I like all seasons. So I like the winter time and i like the i mean you guys call it fall we call it autumn i like all of them but i do prefer a shorter winter and a shorter cold spell so while i like it i like it in a short stint <laughs> so yes at this point i'm completely over it and ready for spring and then you know roll on summer mm-hmm. and i heard uh you've got some new hardware this week yeah the same way that uh the flowers are starting to <laughs> come out new. My personal tech stack is coming out new as well. <laughs> I went ahead this week and upgraded to the iPhone 14 Pro. I believe that's what it is. The lineup has become super confusing because you get the 14, <laughs> the 14 Plus, the 14 Pro, and then the 14 Pro Max. <laughs> it's yeah. like oh my gosh I, uh, yeah i made a fool of myself in the shop asking for the wrong one but eventually like realized that i needed the pro and not the plus and you came from which answer so i've consistently been apple across all my devices for the last since about 2008 um so we're looking at 14 years now i have not deviated i've not tried any android devices so i was coming from another apple iphone but what i did i upgrade every two years i'm on like a two-year upgrade cycle but the last time i upgraded i didn't get a new phone and i got an ipad instead my phone that i had up until when i upgraded this time was four years old and i think it was the 10 the iPhone 10s, I want to say, or maybe it was just the 10, somewhere around there, somewhere around 10. And yeah, it's the one that they, it was the X. So you didn't know whether to call it the iPhone 10 or the iPhone X. 
or the iPhone XS. So that's what I had. And I must say, like, at the end of the day, a phone is a phone is a phone. It allows you to send messages and take calls. But the camera is a lot nicer, which I'm quite excited about. We're going on a big trip next week to a game reserve called the Kalahari. And I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying out the new camera on that. And then it's quicker and it's got more battery life, <laughs> which is a big thing because my old phone was getting to the point where it would go half a day and then the battery would run out. But outside of that, I can't say that I've noticed much difference in this phone. I don't know. Maybe I've just got like fatigue around phone upgrades and I just don't really care as much as I used to. I remember I used to get really excited about it and I used to get excited about specs and I used to compare them and I used to, yeah, just get overly (laughs) geekish about it. And these days it's like, okay, I just go to the store, upgrade. At this time, I actually even upgraded online. I didn't even go into a store. I used to queue. You know, in the like launch day of of the new iPhone, there's queues going around <laughs> and stuff. That used to be oh, me in the queue. Really? Wow! Yeah. So employees would high five you as you're yeah. walking in and cheering. <laughs> and- <laughs> I was like, I'll do it online, and because I did it online, there was a five day delay, and I was like, whatever, that doesn't matter. Just give me my phone when it's ready. But the one thing that I did do was I bundled my upgrade together with the new Series Eight watch. And that is a big upgrade from the one that I had before. I had the Series 3, I want to say, which had become, again, battery life almost non-existent, extremely slow. So this new watch is super quick. It's got a much bigger watch face. It's much, I find it much easier to use and to kind of scroll and open apps and work with apps. And then I also got the cellular version so I can make calls from the watch as well, which is quite nice. Whereas I previously just had the GPS version, which you needed your phone to be able to make a call. So I can go for a run now. And if I need to call somebody, I don't have to bring my phone with me. I always thought that cellular version seems a little redundant because I looked into the watch and it seems like you need a phone anyway. Basically, there's no way to own an Apple watch without an iPhone. Because there are like some functionality onboarding that you must use it, so I've actually looked into that. So, which means that it's going to come as a as a package deal, right? You get a new watch, and which means you need for an Android user, well, you need to get a new phone as well. That was somewhat limiting, but then I haven't thought about this use case where I can go for a run without taking my phone with me, which seems mm-hmm. convenient. Yeah. And you yeah. can make payments too, right? So you can do payments. So you've got the Apple Pay, which I use quite a lot. So I've got all my cards loaded up on my phone and my watch. And you know, you can just tap your watch against the points of sale device and it comes off your bank account. I don't know about the onboarding because I've just always had Apple that and it's never been a concern for me. So I didn't I didn't even know that. I thought you could buy a watch independently of a phone. But yeah, if you can't, it's kind of weird that they would make that as a requirement but yeah in terms of like the cellular version for me it's a big big plus point because i hate running with my phone and you can play podcasts and everything from the watch as well so you don't need i can leave the phone at home but usually when i run i put the phone in my pocket and it like jumps around and it hits my leg and it rubs up against my leg and it's just <laughs> a, a massive inconvenience so i always end up holding my phone but that's just so uncomfortable you can't get into good well i can't get into good stride holding something in my hand so 
you know, the tracking ability, like I love using Strava to track all my, my workouts and my, my runs and cycles and yeah. not having to have the phone for me is a pretty big deal. Now you've got me thinking, cause I haven't been an iPhone user for a long, long time. I've been always Android and I've mm. been just the recent years, I've been thinking, hmm, maybe it's time to go back to the beautiful Apple design. <laughs> <laughs> their packaging blows my mind yeah. every time. Like opening their packaging is like one of the funnest things to do. You've got all these little like um, sticky strips that you, you pull off and <laughs> it unfolds into this like magical thing. It's a magical experience and it makes you feel very good after opening one of those devices. <laughs> and then five minutes later, you go back to normal, hating your contract work and <laughs> not wanting to write code. <laughs> but I have to say, right? I have to say, so I used to have an iPhone and I upgraded to an Android phone for like maybe even a couple of generations. And then I think there was one time where I broke my screen or something and I have to just take um, my old phones back out just to mm-hmm. see if I can turn them on and, and start using them as a, as a stand-in. And I remember when I took out that phone, even though it's like, several years has passed and several generations i still sense that happiness when i'm holding onto the phone that i've never quite honestly experienced with any other electronic devices so yeah. something's very magical that apple is able to do yeah at least for me personally touching a device that has never i've never had any other device that gave me that feeling yeah i must say i get the same like i really love using apple devices and i love to work on an apple my macbook is i don't know again it's probably it's the experience it's the user experience it's the ui it's how it's all put together and for me like the way that all these devices sync that i get a phone call and i'm sitting at my computer i don't have to go to my room and get my phone i can just answer it on my computer like that's Uh. just or if i'm you know out in going for a walk and the phone rings and I don't have to like, you know, reach into my pocket. I can just answer it on my watch. Like it's, it's just mm. nice to have everything just in sync. And then iMessage as well. iMessage is really great between all the devices. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I, maybe I would call myself an Apple fanboy, but I'm not somebody who's picky about it. And I don't say, Hey, everybody needs to have Apple and Apple is the best and there's nothing else out there. If you gave me an Android phone, I would not know how to use it. And that I can guarantee you. I've every now and then I've like looked at a friend's phone and it's been Android. I'm like, okay, well, how do I get to the home screen? How do I go to the menu? This doesn't make sense to me. But at this point, like phones are much of a muchness. You get like a good camera across pretty much all of them, a good enough camera put it that way, you get the ability to make a phone call, the ability to store notes, the ability to <laughs> download apps. It's like, what's different, right? A little bit like hardware tweaked hardware. The difference has got to come in software these days because hardware is like essentially powerful, of course, across all the devices. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think good enough arrive, I don't know, uh, when we had iPhone 5. So we have had good enough ever since. Like all this... Upgrade cycle is just pure. Um, a lot of it, I think, is just status symbol, right? They would design the appearance to be different so that when you're holding your phone, people can tell, hey, Matt has an iPhone 14, not 13, but a 14. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I've had a few people 
asked me already and I've only had the thing since Tuesday. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Oh, is that the iPhone 14? I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> is. Is that the Series Watch 8? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then they, then they ask you about the specs and I'm like, sorry, I don't know. I don't follow the specs anymore. <laughs> I'm not that into it. <laughs> like I only upgraded to the 14 because it was the one available to upgrade to. Like oh, I wasn't okay, going to do yeah. the 13 now when the 14s just come out. And I, I usually intend to keep a phone for four years. So... I want the yeah. latest one to so the last four years. Talking about upgrades, I am doing some upgrades too, except I'm doing some software upgrades for uh, for SurveyBot. <laughs> mm, tell us more. There's been dependency hell for seven days. Uh, I've probably had the most code changes in the past little while than ever. Well, naturally, because you're when you whenever you're doing upgrades, there are a ton of um, dependencies that you're trying to upgrade and conflicts and so i've been literally just reading how other people have been doing it it got to a point where i was just trying to change a single line and then i would try to install the dependencies and see if it breaks and then if it breaks i'll update it and then i'll do the next dependency one by one it was just pure mindless just banging into a wall and then getting an error trying to fix that error and then banging into a wall again. So, and the reason for doing that is because, well, initially I wasn't going to do it because the thing is working, but it gets to a point where now if I'm trying to change something because while well, I'm changing uh, the pricing, I would like to be able to change certain things quickly. It's getting to a point where when I am trying to look for answers online on the flow goes a different way and then I'll hit an error and finding solutions to errors is getting more and more difficult because i'm still kind of stuck in this um, old tech stack because normally i'll tell people don't worry about it your customers don't care about your tech stack it could be written in COBOL, and it's gonna be fine right they don't care just make it work the thing with these monolithic framework is such that they are moving forward with the latest and greatest and you might not care about that but there's a minimum that you still have to do right to even though you're not changing whatever to the latest and greatest technology or latest and greatest technique to do any certain thing, but there's also still a minimum that you have to update your stack to such that you're keeping up with the time so that the, even the error message will look the same. And when you're Googling, it's easier that way. So I'm still not out of it yet. I updated Ruby a couple of times. I'm ready to update to Rails, which should break a bunch of things and I'm just ready for that because at some point you just have to rip off that band-aid and the time is coming to that point where I just have to rip it off and if some of the skin comes off then so be it. That's a, a risky move but I like it. <laughs> I think sometimes and I do that often sometimes I get so fed up with something that I just say deploy send this to production let's see what breaks and fix it as <laughs> As it happens, I definitely think you're at this point making the right move to upgrade and get yourself to the latest version, which will hopefully unlock feature developments as well. But yeah, good luck with that. And have you done anything in terms of risk mitigation, writing any tests or anything like that? Or are you just going to hail Mary it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm making sure all the tests are passing. And yeah, as long as the tests are passing, then I, I think I'm good to go. There's, I mean, there are some. Things that I've been doing are things like, you know, deprecation warnings, because as you're upgrading, 
Rails does a pretty good job of giving you warnings. It's somewhat straightforward in a sense. I'm just replaying time, right? Because the tech stack has been stuck for you know several years back. What I'm doing is I'm almost kind of time traveling back and just doing this upgrade path once again, right? To the point where each week I'm trying to get closer and closer to whatever present is, right? So I'm currently probably around 2018. <laughs> so um, hopefully by next week I'll get to 2019 maybe. And then once you're close enough to the present, then you're fine, right? Because you can Google things and things are still being supported, right? Nothing needs to be backported because the library maintainers are still supporting those and you have a little bit more runway, I guess. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Sounds like you're going to have an interesting week <laughs> with this upgrade. Yeah, yeah. And the whole reason is because I've changed the pricing and I'm trying to you know, make even more changes quicker. Sometimes I'm just stuck on, you know, I want to make a fairly simple change A, which depends on, you know, B, which is outdated, right? B could be a library, could be whatever, right? And then B is breaking because it, updating B is easy too, because it's only like a single command update. But then, oh, it's actually waiting for this other external or this other dependency, right? Which is not supported, blah, 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 right? And then it just kind of spreads out like that. And I've been looking at some September metrics and for whatever reason, my new trial has been going up. So nice. my new trial inc- increased by 64%. I'm st- I still don't fully understand why. I mean, the only change I've made is really the pricing page change, which I didn't anticipate to have this type of effect. Perhaps it's, it's clear. Because I mean, previously I, there was still a free tier as well, right? And it's just slightly different free tier maybe the pricing table makes things a little clearer that people don't have to understand exactly what usage means right because before it was usage based and once you get past a certain quota then you have to start to pay so perhaps people have to understand exactly what that is i think you've got to just give it more time before you be able to make any any sort of call on that like hopefully fingers crossed touching wood that it is like an optimization that you've made that has seen this change, but it could also be like, you know, end of summer holidays, more people getting back into the office an uptick in business. Potentially. yeah. Who knows? So yeah, I think, uh, give it like three months, see if the trend continues. And if it does, that's awesome. Yeah. So that led to my visitor to trial conversion to jump also by 70%. I guess this change is also, perhaps a symptom of how poorly the visitor to trial conversion is rather than how great this change has made it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm monitoring those numbers. Hopefully when I get this update past me, then I can have more energy on doing this because yeah, just trying to do these upgrades is actually taking a lot from me. From what I see uh, from all the commits that I've been doing, it's there's a ton of these, you know, commit breakage and then fixing the test, uninstalling dependencies, and just trialing an error on doing these upgrades. So hopefully by the time I'll have a clear head and really focus on understanding why the number increased by 70% and how do I continue this, right? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Anything else? Or is is that a wrap for today? Yeah, that's a a wrap for me. You want to wrap us up? Yeah, sure. Show notes can be found on buygrowrepeat.com. 
I'm at Matt Jerry on Twitter and Johnny's at Johnny Tong. And this episode is edited by Rory Yonkukau. His Instagram is at Radio Rory. See you next week. See ya.